Are you confused about real food and what's healthy and good for the planet? Do you need the facts about local, organic, and sustainable food? Well, get ready to change the way you eat. Get ready for The Appropriate Omnivore with Aaron Zober, right here on Green Earth Radio. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Appropriate Omnivore on Green Earth Radio. I'm your host, Aaron Zober. My guests today are Judy Brooks and Roy Walkenhorst, executive producers and hosts of the PBS series Healing Quest. Plus, the desserts will tell you how to live appropriately in the upcoming week. But first, let's go to the appetizers and find out what's happening in the world of real food. There was big news this week with the Cleveland Clinic study by Dr. Stanley Hazen saying that eating high levels of red meat may increase your trimethylamine and oxide, or TMAO. And TMAO is linked to heart disease. After this study was published, experts such as Chris Masterjohn and Chris Kresser quickly wrote responses explaining that the conclusions of the study don't match the data that was gathered. Chris Kresser also makes a great point that if meat consumption elevates TMAO, then we'd see higher rates of heart disease in people that eat red meat. So once again, science fails to show any link between red meat and heart disease. In other red meat news, Iowa District Judge Dale Rue has blocked Iowa State University from releasing documents about food safety for the company Beef Products, Inc., which is known for producing pink slime. Judge Rue says releasing the records would damage Beef Products, Inc. and would result in Iowa State losing business from companies using them for testing. I think the news about pink slime last year already damaged Beef Products, Inc., and if companies are worried about their records going public, then they should rely on safe practices so their information won't scare anyone if released. Next, the Arkansas House of Representatives voted 60-19 to 19 in favor of legalizing the sale of raw cow and goat milk on the farms where it's produced. Republican Representative Randy Alexander said the state shouldn't restrict the consumer's freedom. Let's hope this goes forward to law for Arkansas so its citizens can have access to fresh milk. And finally, the future of farming could be a process known as aquaponics, which combines fish and vegetable farming without any soil. The farmer raises freshwater fish and plants in a recirculating water system where the fish and plants both exchange nutrients. This process can work well for urban farmers having little access to unpolluted soils. It also uses 9% less fresh water than conventional fish farming and way fewer added nutrients. Additionally, it will allow vegetables to be grown without the use of pesticides. This process should allow for nutrient-dense vegetables, as at one point in time, all of our crops were grown underwater. And now, for the main course, which today is the PBS series Healing Quest. The Weston A. Price Foundation is about research, education, and activism. Healing Quest has had 12 segments throughout its 10th season, where the producers thoroughly researched Weston Price, educated the public about it, and featured interviews with activists for nutrient-dense foods. Healing Quest appears on PBS affiliates all across the country and is available over the airwaves for anyone with a TV set. This has been a big step in the general public being able to know what the Weston Price Foundation is, is and what it's about. 
Healing Quest touched on the key principles of Weston Price with topics such as grass-fed beef, raw milk, bone broth, cod liver oil, water filtration, and avoiding soy, plus some cooking demos for great-tasting meals. Here to discuss their terrific series are Healing Quest producers and hosts, Judy Brooks and Roy Walkenhurst. Judy and Roy, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks, Aaron. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's nice to spend some time with you. I really admire what your 10th season has done with these 12 segments all about Weston Price Foundation. I think it's a great way for people to find out exactly what Weston Price is. Thank you. Well, we we couldn't agree more. Um, in, in nutrition is a really uh, uh, critical and central uh, theme in, in Healing Quest, and it's been that way since the, since day one. But uh, when we uh, discovered and really researched Weston A. Price, we we thought that they had some uh, some ideas and principles that really merited uh, being uh, being uh, that we really merited ha- having our spend some time on it and and trying to. Um, to uh, uh, deliver those to a wider audience, so it's been it's been an interesting uh, journey for us since we uh, connected with them. So first, explain to the listeners that haven't seen Healing Quest what the show is about. Well, I, I would say the show is uh, is a mind body spirit show. Uh, we've been on the air now for over ten years, and the show is about integrative health and natural approaches to wellness. Roy, I don't know. Yeah, and I. And so Actually, much that, more, really. Yes, that's our elevator definition. <laughs> but yeah, we so every show it's a magazine style show. We have a four or five elements. Um, the segments, our our model for the for every segment, especially the the first couple of segments in the show, is is sort of sixty minutes. They're about that that length, and and we do deal with issues that we think have uh, have wide relevance to pretty much every viewer. Although we understand that our, our basic audience is probably women 35 plus who are interested in, because women tend to be the caregivers and tend to be responsible for the family health. So we try to give them information. Actually, we, we say we try to do, we try to entertain them, we try to inform them, and we try to empower them. Entertain first because we're on television. And um, that is with television is primarily an entertainment medium. So we have to give them something that's interesting uh, to watch and that's going to hold their attention. Informing means we're going to provide, in addition to the entertainment, information um, that hopefully they find interesting and relevant. And then the empower thing is uh, every show, uh, and, and then we also link to our website. So if our viewers want to actually take action with regard to what they've just seen and learned, um, and they're wondering how can I do that, or how can I find out more? Who can who can help me take this action? Um, we also try to provide those resources um, either uh, within the show or more likely online, um, where they can really kind of drill down and connect with the institutions and the organizations and the individuals that that we feature in our segments. Um, the other, I would say, the other main thing, though. Uh, um, and I, I, when I say darling, I'm talking to my my partner, my wife Judy. We've been at this for we've been at this married thing for 30 years, and we started our. As a matter of fact, interestingly, this week, the week that you're interviewing us, is our 15th anniversary for having started our production company, Lightbridge. Oh Media. wow! So we started that 15 years ago, and we launched uh, Healing Quest 10 years ago. But but another big theme that I might throw it back to my bride, is the connection with nature, because that's also a big 
theme in every episode of Healing Quest. And I think that'll resonate not just with this show, but with this whole station of Green Earth Radio, because we're about the Green Earth, so that certainly includes nature. What inspired you originally to create this series? I felt, uh, well, I would have to go back. How much time do you have? Yeah. (laughs) Go back almost 30 years ago, really. Uh, I've wanted to do do a show in the sort of mind-body-spirit space for, you know, 30 years. Uh, it was a little bit ahead of its time. In fact, when Roy and I first met, uh, he, I had him um, ask him to write a treatment for the show. Uh, at that time, he was working and he had another another company called New Travel Network where he was producing travel programming. And I had envisioned uh, him uh, helping me launch a show in in a space where where we were talking about things like how do you stay healthy without taking a lot of pharmaceuticals? How do you take care of your, your emotions in, in a healthy way? So the whole, before the term mind, body, spirit was really uh, very mainstream and popular, you know, we were wanting to cover this space. And it, it, took, it took me uh, 15 years to convince him that we, we, ought to, we ought to work together and do this. And uh, the result was healing us, which has been, I guess it's been on the air here for, Ten years. It actually launched internationally before before it aired on PBS, and that was kind of a funny story. We did a pilot for the show, and we were uh, we had other other shows, as I said, travel travel shows, and uh, we have international reps, and they were we were at a, a, a NATB, a television uh, marketing show, and we showed uh, our reps a pilot of Healing Quest, and probably I don't know what would you say, Roy, maybe. You know, a few weeks later, we got a yeah, call from them saying, saying that they had licensed the series to Australia for 13 shows. And so that really was the beginning when we said, well, okay, well, I guess we better make them. And, uh, and, and our intention was to uh, put it on PBS right around the same time. And we... Uh, 9/11 happened, and I don't know if you remember, but uh, aside from what seeming like you know the world falling apart here, so did all of all of uh, marketing dollars, and people weren't spending money on new new uh, shows for television. It was kind of a scary time, so it kind of halted our launch for a couple of years, and um, but it was all perfect. So as Roy said, we just celebrated our our. 10th season of Healing Crest, and we're in production right now on our 11th. That's sort of a long answer, but that that that's uh, I was inspired, I guess I would say, by just a deep knowing that this this information um, was really important and that it needed to be out there in a more mainstream way. And our intention has always been to be a trusted guide in the media around these topics. Working in television production, certainly, I know about how after September 11th, there was a halt to a lot of productions going on, so I can relate to that, too. And I think about the fact that it was sold internationally first goes to show about how there is more concern about health and alternative health overseas than in the U.S. Yeah, I think you're right. We've done done some stories um, on – we did one that I remember on the future of natural medicine where – we uh, interviewed a couple of experts on what's happening, especially in Europe, and and the um, and frankly the standardization of natural um, 
natural supplements that um, have, I think, significant healing properties because they have been developed, and uh, and also the tendency of uh, of the medical establishment in, in at least many countries <clears throat> in Europe to reach first for natural and homeopathic remedies before uh, writing a pharmaceutical prescription. That is, we've, as we all know, is less the case here. Um, I think there is a there's a growing, I think, movement. Um, among medical professionals in the U.S. to incorporate and and look to uh, look to um, you know natural alternatives before going into the pharmaceutical prescription route, but it's still I think much more prevalent as you said, Aaron, um, in many many other countries overseas. They reach for the green prescription pad first before they go for the the white one, as it were. And so certainly with what you're talking about of the themes in your show. It sounds like the Westnate Price Foundation was a very natural fit for it. How did you decide to include 12 segments on it in the current season? Well, we found out about uh, – we were actually surprised that we didn't know about the Westnate Price Foundation. Uh, we found out about it from a friend who said, oh, my goodness. It was a new friend, and she heard what we were doing, and she said, gee, do you know about do you know about Westnate Price and what he did and about this foundation? And, and she introduced us to Sally Fallon, and we were – delighted really to meet her and to discover that you know Weston Price had had come up with these ideas you know many many years ago and that they still then that they were still true and it for us just felt so it made so much sense because it was going back to the foods traditional foods that um that our grandparents and perhaps even you know parents were were eating but um so it it just made sense. It just made sense to us, and, and, and we've been paying a lot of attention um, for years to uh, to a couple of things um, uh, to, to the whole organic movement. Um, and oh my gosh, I'm trying to think how many years ago as we did the, the, the organic center in Boulder launched a um, Mission Organic 2010. I guess you must have done that story in like 2007, and the goal was to get organic food purchases up to 10 percent, and I. Don't think there's yet they're they're there even now. But at any rate, um, so we'd interviewed a number of experts over the years on on the real uh, uh, critical importance of uh, toxic load and of removing, uh, trying to avoid and <clears throat> minimize the chemicals that are in our food and in all the things in all aspects of our life. So organics have been something we had been really, um, I think. Um, uh, focused on and and we've done a lot of stories on it, but still and we but we looked around and we saw that you know the obesity rates and the the general health rates were still a, a continuing huge problem. So one of the things that was really appealing about the Western A Price uh, philosophy is it is it really kind of gave an answer to, gosh, we've been focused for decades now on this low fat, no fat. And uh, if that's the case, how come we're all, I shouldn't say all, but how come, you know, obesity and, 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 and weight issues continue to be such a huge problem in our society? And so for us, for me anyhow, when I looked at, uh, was studied and, and, and asked other folks that we, we rely on, what do you think about the Western A price philosophy? They said, oh, they have it exactly right. Um, and this whole low-fat, no-fat thing needs to be sort of... Um, I guess we need to realize that it's really not the answer. And as a matter of fact, it's part of the problem. 
so that 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 felt to us like wow uh, that was a that was a topic that was an aha that needed to be that that we needed to share with our audience. I had a very similar experience when discovering Weston Price and had the same reaction of how had I not known about this before because I was very into things also like organics, grass-fed meat, even raw milk and it was kind of surprising that I didn't know about it before. And it surprised me that there are a lot of people as well that are into a lot of these principles, but they don't know about Weston Price, including also a lot of dentists don't know who Dr. Weston Price was. And You're right. Yeah, we right. mentioned that to ours, and yeah, I had the same experience. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems something to be lost, even though the book that he wrote, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, was certainly a very important book about dentistry at the time. Yeah, you know, I, you know, actually, when I think about Healing Quest, I think that, I think early on, gosh, uh, we we had the good fortune of connecting with um, uh, Dr. Deepak Chopra. So he's contributed uh, a number of uh, segments to our show, mostly on the emotional fitness topic. But I remember talking to him once about uh, energy medicine, and he said, you know, you need to call my friend Rustam Roy, um, who is a, a really amazing uh uh, scientist, and so I had a conversation with him about, uh, and we t- he said, you know, what you really need to understand is that there's at least two very um, different uh, um, concepts with regard to the practice of medicine. One, which is the primary concept that uh, most uh, medical students are taught, according to Dr. Roy, is uh, the biochemical uh, c- concept, which is that if something's wrong, that we need to adjust the chemistry of your body, and that has led to this, the uh, to the you know to the uh, over reliance he would say on uh, pharmaceutical drugs, and then there's another concept, and that's the bioenergetic, where we we deal with the energetic body, and so um, and that for me is uh, and that's for so, I mean so we are, we've always been interested in um, the energetic aspect. Of, of healing and wellness and and so I think that a lot of the um, a lot of the principles that uh, Weston that, that Dr. Price found I think that are are uh, also take into account uh, the energy uh, and, and how we deal with that um, and and you know homeopathy for example um, is is I think a uh, one manifestation of um, how the 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 approach to um healing the body from an energetic standpoint uh can be done and and unfortunately uh Dr. Roy is no longer with us he passed a couple yeah. of years ago but what a brilliant man he was right right but we continue to look for stories as a matter of fact um we uh, that's one of the reasons we did a story on on uh on Sally's husband Jeffrey Morell and and his use of energetic but um, but we're also, as I say, uh, um, I think w- when we met this um, this physician, uh, Dr. Lindy Woodard, who practices out here in Northern California, um, she ha- she and her partner have integrated homeopathy so completely into their pediatric practice that they almost never write a, a, a prescription for a pharmaceutical drug, which is stunning. She says in 14 years they've never they've they've almost never had any of their kids go to the ear, nose, and throat doctor for those little tubes that get put in kids' ears because they have a whole different approach to dealing in it, and it's kind of an energetic and it's a nutritional approach that, um, at least in her practice, for 14 years has really worked. 
she sounded amazing watching those segments. I was amazed about that, that they never had to go to the ENT. And also the fact that she could treat ear infections without antibiotics. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so I guess one of, one of our goals is to, um, is to spotlight um, those kinds of, uh, I don't know, pioneers, way showers who are very grounded. I mean, you know, she's an MD, um, but who have found new ways. I, I would say one of the first, one of my favorite stories that, uh, I don't know if it was in the first or second epi- uh, uh, episode, but anyways, we did something. We had a crew at the Tash Research Institute in uh, Miami, and they had found, and, and so this is a story about a way to improve the survival rate of preemies by 50% without surgery, without any pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical drugs at all. They had developed a way to do a simple massage twice a day for, I think, only 10 minutes on these tiny little, precious little premature babies who are terribly at risk because they're so small. They had a hard time you know, um, absorbing uh, nutrition. But this... This this uh, massage technique improved their survival rate by 50%. So I love that story because at Touch Resource Institute, big University of Miami hospital, um, and they were real. They really had really developed something that dealt with health and wellness in a whole new, very natural way. So those are the stories we always look to do, and um, and happily we're finding more and more of them um, as the years go on. That sounds great, and we'll talk about more of your discoveries after a word from our sponsors. To Your Health Sprouted Flour Company offers organic sprouted grains and flours for all your baking needs. We have more than 34 sprouted products, hundreds of recipes, and are always available to answer your flour and baking questions. Whether you're making sourdough breads, French baguettes, birthday cakes, granola, or pancakes. Let us be your sprouted grain and flour source. Certified organic and kosher, featuring 20 gluten-free sprouted products. Visit our website at organicsproutedflour.net or call toll-free 877-401-6837. What is a healthy diet? Conflicting information is thrown at us daily. Help chart your course to wellness with a steady guide, the Weston A. Price Foundation. Our nutrition and health information is helping many families recover from degenerative disease and nutrient deficiencies. Join for only $40 a year and receive our quarterly journal. Visit our website, westonaprice.org, for more details. Olea Estates Olive Oil has been produced by the Cronus family on a small estate in Sparta, Greece since 1856. The olives are all certified organic and hand-picked. The oil is cold-pressed within 30 minutes and is extra virgin with an acidity of 0.24. I use Alea for all my olive oil needs, cooking, baking, salad dressing, hummus, and much more. Alea is distributed in the U.S. by Carl Berger. All products can be ordered on the website oleastates.com or by contacting Carl by email karl at oleastates.com. And we're back. I'm talking to Judy Brooks and Roy Walkenhorst of Healing Quest. Judy, Roy. Before knowing about Weston Price, certainly you followed some of their principles, but I imagine there were some new things also that you learned in the discovery. Well, I the truth about soy was a big one for us. Yeah, um, right. I think that I personally had you know bought into the whole soy as a health food, as a lot of. I would say probably smart women did, thinking that they were doing something healthy for themselves. And um, so 
really delving into that was a real education for me, and it it, it did change the way I eat in terms of no more soy, <laughs> and and I'd had some thyroid issues, which which um, I now understand could be directly related to the soy consumption. I, I was drinking, you know, soy milk in my morning shake, you know, for quite a few years, thinking that that was the that was the healthy thing to do, and so I would say that was probably the biggest eye opener for me. Yeah, for me, I was I was stunned to realize that you know uh, I'd never realized what pasteurizing milk meant, what pasteurization meant. I didn't. It sounded to me like it's a safe thing to do, and uh, without knowing that, you know, when you heat something to 160 degrees, many of the best elements of it um, are destroyed. So um, I thought, wow, uh, you know, it, you, you know, you, I think we have these common assumptions in our society that may not necessarily be accurate. And I think that was one common, that was an example of a common assumption that I had, um, and and our kids still have it. <laughs> we, uh, we, we said, you know, you should really think about this raw milk thing, because we're, we're very blessed here in California to be able to get it uh, from, you know, very well-regulated dairies and so forth. Yeah, we still haven't won that one. But at any rate, um, it's, 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 an interesting, um, it's interesting to observe um, the process by which you know, maybe we need to re-examine some of those basic assumptions that we've just, you know, we just get wired with when, when uh, you know, when you grow up in this society. And I, I think, though, also, um, Judy has been drinking raw milk, and I think it's improved your digestion, hasn't it, my dear? Yes, it has. I was just going, I was going to say that, that um, I started a, a probably a little over a year ago, Replacing my morning uh, my morning drink with raw milk instead of the soy milk, and it's one of the things that I've done differently that I can really say this is something that I've done consistently, and it has made a difference in um, um, gut issues that I have basically. So that that is uh, I can say firsthand that that is the one thing that I've done differently, and I've had a lot of success with actually feeling a lot better. You know, another big change for us has been um, the whole idea that uh, grass-fed, pasture-raised beef um, can actually be healthy. I mean, I think we we had still, uh, uh, you know, we're laboring under the <clears throat> assumption that we, first of all, um, when, for example, we drive from Northern California to Southern California, we go by this these awful-looking feedlots. So you know that those poor animals are being injected with huge amounts of um, antibiotics and growth hormones and all kinds of other stuff. So just in general, we we hadn't been very big red meat eaters. But everyone, so and bacon, you know, everybody was bacon. Well, we were always organic. Yeah, we'd always eat organic. But um, but now to discover that uh, actually the right kind of grass-fed pasture-raised uh, products can re- actually be healthy for you. It's wonderful. You know, it feels like you don't have to... Because it was all I have to say, even though we did it, it was it always felt like a guilty pleasure. Now it's not a guilty pleasure at all. We have to we have to moderate our amount of it, but um, but I, so I think <clears throat> that's been a that's been an interesting change for us to know that that option exists, and that <clears throat> I know that one story we did on um, on a healthy backyard barbecue. Well, there was a, a physician who specialized in nutrition from New York City who pointed out that. You know, uh, steak from grass-fed pasture-raised. That 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 steak uh, can be just as healthy as a piece of wild-caught fish. And the whole 
um, you know, being careful about where you source your seafood is also, I think, something that really has really sort of heightened our consciousness that the whole farm-raised thing um, has some real potential problems that we need to avoid. So when I go to the market, and um, although we we actually do have a good connection with Vital Choice Seafood, what's great thing about when we get there, um, their salmon and so forth, as you know, that it's it's coming from a sustainable source. So those are the kinds of things that we have changed in our personal life that I think uh, hopefully um, have we have we've tried to convey them in a even-handed, grounded way to all the folks who who watch our our shows every week. Vital Choice is a great source for seafood. I had met Randy when I met you at the Western Price Conference in Santa Clara back in November and. I certainly recommend them. And I had a very similar approach to meat before discovering Weston Price. I mean, I knew that grass-fed beef was better than regular beef, but it was something that I would still often avoid. I would try to go for the white meat or the salad. And with Weston Price and learning about the whole origins of this lipid hypothesis and diet heart hypothesis that there were serious flaws in those, I'm now not afraid to have meat. You know that's an interesting point because I think <clears throat> I think that that and I think Sally Fallon talks about this uh, as well is that <clears throat> in this society um, people very often are afraid of food and and it's interesting with good reason but frequently for the wrong reasons this whole thing about oh we can't have that because it's got fat in it well it depends you might want that because it has fat in it so um, I think there's a um, uh, kind of a re-education that uh, that probably we all need um, about what are the healthy foods and and how to have a balanced diet that has healthy fats in it. So I mean, we actually try to eat an avocado a day, and we do other things to get our healthy fats. It's not just about bacon and steak, but it is good to know that <clears throat> that those foods can also be really healthy for you if they come from the right place. Yeah, you know, I, I would say that the other. In terms of healing quest, I think one of the most powerful stories we ever did, and it was a, actually a, it was a, 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 a result of brilliance from both Judy and uh, and, and Tom Satizan, who was writing for us at the time. Judy interviewed, um, oh God, um, I, I just blanked on his name, Cheryl's husband, um, Stanford. Uh, Dr. Alan Green. Dr. Alan Green. We were, I guess it was far. We were doing a story on maybe. The campaign safe for cosmetics. safe cosmetics. We were doing a, a story on safe cosmetics, and um, Dr. Green is. Are you familiar with Dr. Green? He's a pediatrician, a Stanford professor, and He's written has, multiple books. He's got a big website. Actually, I'm not familiar with him. Explain to the listeners who Dr. Green is. Uh, Dr. Green is a pediatrician who is uh, a Stanford professor as well, and he about. I, I, yeah, my goodness, it's been probably about 18 years ago now. His wife was um, diagnosed with breast cancer. And, of course, that diagnosis comes, you know, it's a pretty scary diagnosis. And they and they, they were very healthy, and he began to really look at, well, what, where could this, you know, how did, how did this happen? And uh, he basically uh, kind of put his practice on hold and, de- and devoted his time to helping her get better and one of the things that they discovered in this process or, or that they actually it began to make sense she grew up in in the central california valley on a farm 
And she said she remembers being in bed on a Saturday morning and watching the, you know, the, the trucks go by that were spraying and the, the clouds of white smoke and thinking, oh, I'm so lucky that I'm not out there having to work, uh, you know, and just kind of in, enjoying her her relaxing morning. Well, um, come to find out, and I think we know now, that the toxins that she was breathing on a regular basis, you know, really did contribute to... Uh, her breast cancer, at least that's the conclusion that they came to. And and Dr. Green made it kind of his life mission to really look at all of the ways in which we were getting these toxins into our body, not just through the environment, not not from uh, from personal care products and then what we were eating. And he went on a mission to become this organic man. And, and, and like, this is, well, when we did the story, it was about eight years ago. And... Um, he had, and as far as I know, he is still just eats only organic. And at that time, it was pretty difficult because he was traveling a lot, and it's not always easy to to get that when you're out in restaurants. It is now much easier than it was then. But um, the good news about that story is that um, she got better. She got, and she is a, a thriving um, survivor. And um, their little boy that they had just had right after she was diagnosed was just a baby, and he's about to graduate from high school. So it's a, it's a real success story, but Dr. Green then just really devoted his whole practice to um, raising baby Green, and we did quite a few stories with him, but I don't know if that's what you were going to say, Roy. It is, and, Dr. and Green is. I was just going to say there's an example, and, and, and I, as I recall, uh, um, um, Alan's wife, Cheryl, told us that when she was diagnosed, I mean, I, I, they basically said, and you got to remember that. So he's a professor at Stanford University Med School. So they, you know, they're being advised by the top medical minds um, on the West Coast, who basically said to Alan's wife, um, "You should probably get your affairs in order because we don't think you're going to make it to Christmas." That's how serious her cancer was. So um, obviously, uh, that turned out not to be a correct diagnosis. And uh, but out of that came this. Um, this uh, this analysis about and this whole concept of toxic load that's another big um, theme for us that we address as often as possible when, when when we can do it from a new angle. But the idea that we have to be very conscious of the chemicals, uh, the chemical soup that we live in, and and that that we ingest in all kinds of ways. So having clean food, um, a la the West Any Price concepts, is a really big part of that. But but yeah, so uh, so the story that we did, we actually intercut um, uh, Alan and Cheryl and their experience of going through this uh, this this terrible um, um, challenge that they had, and then coming out and healthy and thriving on the other side. Yeah, I I forgotten that Austin was just this baby, and basically Cheryl said, "No, they told me that." <clears throat> Interesting. So this is the, the top docs that her husband works with. I said, you know, you're probably going to be dead in six months. She said, I just didn't believe that. I just didn't take that in. I heard them say that, and it just, like, went right past me. So she said, I'm going to live, and I'm going to, this little baby that I'm holding, I'm going to see him grow up, and she has. I think that, um, you know, we're just now touching on a theme that is something that we have from the very beginning. I mean, I've always felt that, you know, a doctor gives you, you know, his diagnosis and his prognosis, and a lot of times they're just really, you know, having to cover themselves to make sure they've given you all the facts. 
I I think that there is something about um, a positive mind that it, it, it's interesting. Um, just to digress for a few minutes here, I uh, when we first started out, I used to have a, a show on, on a Bay Area station. Uh, I was I started the Mind Body Spirit Reporter, and I interviewed the CEO of California Pacific Hospital, and it was right at the time when they had. Um, they had started their integrative center, and they were the first hospital in the country, as far as I know, to actually have the the, the integrative health center or the alternative health, as they were calling it then, center as actually part of the hospital. And in uh, Dr. Bronfman, in, in, in my interview, I asked him, you know, why they were doing that. And he said, there's something we know that, that there's something about a positive attitude that a cancer cell recognizes. And as scientists, we need to find out what that is. And and I and I um, certainly believe that myself. In that, when we're told something, you know, how we take it in. Some people will take in, you know, a bad diagnosis and say, just believe that that that's it, and they don't have any choice, and they believe what the doctors say. I, we always like to encourage people to. Uh, have have their own opinion about things and not necessarily buy into what what you're being told. I'm not saying not to do what you're being told, but to recognize that you have choices. Uh, Roy interviewed a doc, Dr. Nick Gonzalez this past season. Actually, he was he's a big proponent of the Weston A. Price uh, philosophy, and and he treats his patients and he treats primarily cancer patients with with supplements. And uh, detox, and, and 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 herbs, and exercise, and, and diet. he has people living. Pardon me. And diet. Sorry? So diet, it's a, yeah. so it's diet, detox, and and supplements. Yeah. Right. And 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 um, anyway, he he has patients that have been living with you know cancer or that or that are for many years, like you know, fifteen, sixteen years, or or, or cancer free based on their diet. So as food is medicine, and I think that. I just think that it's really important to, to to take control of your own well-being, your own health, and to be on the team, you know, with your doctors. But to be to 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 feel comfortable enough to bring your ideas to the to the doctor, and 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 to recognize that you're not just someone who is being told what to do, but that you're you're you know, you're part of you're part of the decisions that you're making when it comes to your health, which I think. People are beginning to realize more and more, and not just relying on doing exactly what they're told, but but recognizing intuitively what they might need to do for them that would work. We, well, yeah, I remember, uh, I think you uh, interviewed Deepak about this once. The concept of belief becomes biology, mm-hmm. and um, it can have a huge effect. Obviously, you know, you can you can't. <clears throat> wish bad things away but but i think that um you know the the mind has an enormous role to play and and harnessing that energy is something that um i think uh we're just beginning i i think that science is just beginning to understand and that i think other other um modalities perhaps have had um more understanding of the and and so we're just all kind of just catching up on that it's just a fascinating part of uh, of what's going on in uh, health and wellness in the country today. I like that you bring up about not necessarily always believing what your doctors say because 
That applies to a lot of people that have become Weston Price members if they didn't want to believe what their doctors said. I know Anne-Marie Michaels, who has the blog She's Slave and runs Village Green Network. At 25, she was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and was told that she was going to be in a wheelchair, and she didn't want to believe in that. And she was right not to listen to that because she was able to totally cure her arthritis and get better just by eating real foods and doing an elimination diet. And then there was also Stanley Fishman, the author of Tender Grass-Fed Meat. He was told that he didn't have long to live, and he didn't want to believe that. So his background as an attorney, he knew how to research and came across Weston Price and found by cooking grass-fed beef and other traditional foods that he was able to live. I mean, that was years ago they said he didn't have long to live, and he's been you know, living way past that point now. And then... I also like what you bring about about the doctors. A lot of them, I think, they're not so much about curing, and they often pass people over to other doctors. That was certainly the experience that I had with my guest, Deborah Gordon. She was on the show back in November of last year, and she was trained as a regular doctor, but she wasn't happy with the way conventional medicine worked, so she got into an integrative medicine where she combines some some conventional medicine but combines it with elements of alternative health and homeopathy. Yes, I think I think it's a little bit of everything. You know, you find what works for you. Um, we're we have a lot of different healing modalities on the show and and have from the very from the very beginning. And it's not you know we're not. <laughs> We're all unique individuals, and what works for me may not work for you, but we need to keep trying until we find what works for us. And, and there is usually something that does that at least, at least helps you feel better. Um, you know, some things are not always curable, and, and then I guess it becomes about how you, how you, uh, how you deal with, how you deal with a, a, a medical diagnosis that that, in fact, could be fatal, but, but still how that process goes. And we've, we've witnessed that as well, where when they realize that, you know what, this is, this, is, um, this is maybe the time for, you know, my, my passing, but they, they tend to go in a more, I would say, relaxed and accepting way than, than fighting it if, in fact, sometimes the body just can't. I, I mean, I don't want to... I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't want to say that sometimes your body does just break down and and it, and, and and you don't always get over um, something because you've got a positive attitude. That isn't that isn't what I'm trying to say. But um, but that, but I, that but better I understanding. I was just going to say, Darren, I think that what you are, yeah, I think you're exactly right though when when we talk about the importance of. Of uh, positive thoughts. I'm just looking at the. <laughs> I just happened to have by my desk the Weston A. Price uh, Wise Traditions. Uh, there's a little booklet, and there's dietary guidelines. You know, number one is eat whole, unprocessed foods. Number twenty is think positive thoughts and practice forgiveness, which goes to another theme that I think we probably deal with every in every episode of Healing Quest, and that is the uh, the uh, emotional fitness piece of of trying to deal in a positive way with the stress that's in our life and the negative things we have to deal with in our life. Because, um, the, uh, I mean, there's, there's research that uh, 
we cite periodically that people who have a positive outlook on life live X number of years longer than those who don't. Um, and so the whole idea of how you deal with stress, how you deal with the emotional component um, is so important, and it's interesting to see that it's, it's one of the primary dietary guidelines of, uh, of the Weston A. Price Foundation. And I think everybody is really, I think, increasingly becoming aware of the critical importance of dealing with stress in a positive way um, to, to, you know, to stay so that we all can all stay healthy. And, 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 and the other thing is I think that we also, we also define wellness as not just the absence of illness, it's is operating. It's being uh, having having a life where you're uh, operating at an optimum level, where you're, you're having that the enjoyment of of, um, of having real um, happiness and joy in your life on a on an ongoing basis. So that's one of the themes that we, and that's why we have um, in every episode we ha- we have at least one or more um, stories, and sometimes we have. Um, we had a uh, Deepak did a long series with us of healing wisdom comments that were you know two and a half three minutes long, with some aspects of of how to um, how to have uh, the emotional component of your life be as healthy as possible. I like that you bring up the issue of curing the incurable. That's actually going to be the theme for the upcoming International Wise Traditions Conference this November, and a lot of the people that you featured on this past season are going to be speaking there, including Kayla Daniel who talked about bone broth on your show. She's going to also be giving a presentation on bone broth for recovery from chronic disease. Uh, I, I think bone, that is the one thing. Um, I mean, there's many things about what we learned during this during this series. and uh, But the bone broth was amazing. I had actually just broken. Right after we started this, I, I actually fell and broke my arm in three places. And I knew about the bone broth and, and made sure that I was making and and drinking and eating the bone broth every day. And I, I had a pretty much of a miraculous recovery without surgery. And, um, and again, that was because I, I, was, I had set my mind that, you know, that was something that I really didn't want to have to go through was a surgery and did everything else to cure it uh, and was successful. It, it too... <laughs> The big surprise of the of the surgeon who was was working with me he really couldn't believe what I was doing, and I was doing energy medicine as well as as uh, the bone broth and everything else I could think of a natural thing, putting myself in in nature, really just being in nature for days and days on end, and um, I have full range of motion on a break that they said I wouldn't be able to lift my arm above my waist, so. Yeah, I'll never forget bone broth. I'll never forget the look on. And this is a this he's a very very skilled surgeon. Um, we think he's probably the best in this part of the state. Coming in uh, uh, the office, um, uh, you know, Judy went in once and they took X-rays and he said, "We'll come back in a couple." They I, I think they ordered an MRI or something like that. Anyhow, they did. He came back I, in with look on his face saying, "I I I I'm not believing what I see here because it's so much different than it was just a few days ago." And I mean, he was talking about a full, not just surgery. He was talking about a shoulder replacement operation. It was a really serious break. None of that happened because of a combination of things, um, including the use of energy medicine and bone broth and probably some other 
miraculous and positive, and, you know, positive <laughs> thought and holding my arm still for exactly. <laughs> but yes, so uh, that that'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to that that conference. I think it's going to be a great conference, and I'm also looking forward to the upcoming season of Healing Quest. Can you give us a little info on what we can expect in the eleventh season? Yes, Rory, why don't you tell? I well, think I it's think going to be kind of exciting. We're going to be we're going to be exploring the GMO issue um, in some depth. Um, so uh, um, you'll we'll have stories on on the whole uh, GMO controversy. Um, we'll have we'll we'll have more <clears throat> more um, nutrition segments um, um, based on the West N A price principles. Um, we're going to do some energy medicine with somebody actually we met at the West N A price conference in Santa Clara. Dr. Jeffrey Tennant and uh, his uh, whole um, energetic medicine biomodulator. I think we're going to take a close look at that and, and, and see how that works. Um, so those are some of the of the of the main um, uh, stories and subjects that we're going to be um, exploring in this next batch of shows as, as we put them together. And the GMO thing, I certainly look forward to that. That is a very important topic to cover, especially. This time now, with the states trying to get the labeling GMO initiatives going, and also, unfortunately, that Monsanto rider that President Obama just signed off on. Yes, that is unfortunate. Hopefully, we can turn that around. I hope so. Well, I think certainly having a series on PBS that educates people about GMOs, that's a great way to reach the masses, just like your series did with reaching the masses about Weston Price. So I think your show will be a big help in informing people all about what these GMOs really are. You know what, what I, think, um, <clears throat> I found especially interesting about, uh, you know, Jeffrey Smith, the, uh, he, he made the um, Genetic Roulette documentary and a, a bit in a number of books. But one of the things that I, I think is, is really most encouraging is something he said happened in Europe, and he said all it took – was 5% was a consumer shift was a shift in consumer buying habits of 5% that was identified in Europe by the major food companies there as they were losing market share distinctly and directly because of the fact that people were choosing not to buy their product because it had GMO ingredients in it and when they saw when these companies saw that shift happening they removed the GMOs um, they substituted those ingredients with non-GMO ingredients they actually <clears throat> they made a point of it. Actually, they revealed it, and their market share went up. So um, it does. It's not like we necessarily. I, I mean, it'd be really, I guess, good if if these labeling laws passed and the FDA. And there, but there is um, there is a way of sort of voting with our dollars, according to Jeffrey, that can accomplish this um, once people have the information. To your point, so. Uh, I think getting the information out there is really important, and if we could move the needle, if the needle could be moved by just five or ten percent, that might solve the problem. That will, and I mean, I do a lot with uh, the group that was the Prop 37 campaign. Even though the prop is over, we're still doing a lot of events and stuff. And I think after the series airs, I think this would be a great thing for all the members of the Prop 37 group to have copies of your segments on it. Well, we're planning to exactly. We're planning to uh, to create a DVD with all of those uh, the GMO related segments, just as we created a, the DVD with all of the West N A price segments. And we're going to do another one. I mean, because we're going to have many West N A price segments in the upcoming show, so there'll be another DVD available for people 
uh, to have because I think um, that having the segments available in that way is really helpful uh, just as kind of an educational tool. And I know that many of the Weston A. Price, um, we sold hundreds of those DVDs to chapter leaders, and I believe they're using them in their in their educational efforts in their local communities. Um, because there's what I think there's like 10 or 12 segments on that DVD, but they're chaptered. So if you want to go right to the raw milk one, you can watch that one first, or you could just hit play all and watch them all. So, yeah, I think that that uh, we definitely plan to make the information available not just um, on television and not just online on our website, but also through the DVD, which I think is a good way to, for uh, it's an easy way for folks to to watch this at their convenience um, at home in their den. Um, and um, and get the information that way. Oh, it is, absolutely. And I do know that a lot of chapters are showing the DVDs. In fact, my chapter in Pasadena, we played the DVD with all the segments at our holiday party last December. Oh, nice. Oh, thank you for telling us that. Yeah, we have no idea, you know, so it's really great when you hear these stories. Uh, it, uh, that's terrific. Uh, that, uh, you just made my day there, Aaron. Yeah. And also I have a copy of that DVD, which I certainly am going to be giving to all my friends to let them know more about the Weston A. Price Foundation. If they're interested, they can gladly borrow my copy. Yeah, that's the other thing I think that we, we thought that having those uh, segments available in that format would would help um, would help chapter leaders if they're talking to somebody and that somebody's like, you know, I'm kind of interested, but I'd really like to need, I'd like to know more before I commit to being a member. So this is something you give us, well, here, watch a few of these, and, and I think you'll you'll have a good sense of what it is that, that the uh, that the foundation does. So yeah, that's a, that was also one of our hopes, and I'm glad that that it's also working out to to be useful in in that way as well. And that's um, for your listeners. We our website is healingquest.tv, and they can they can uh, go there and purchase that if they're interested. We'd love to. They were donating half the proceeds back to the foundation. Oh, wow. So yeah. Yes. So all all sales of the of the DVD uh, uh, benefit the foundation. Tell the listeners how they can view the series Healing Quest. Well, Healing Quest is uh, so we provide it uh, to to public television stations around the country, and and actually when we release, for example, we, the the 1000 series, the seven episodes with uh, with the Weston A. Price segments, uh, those are provided the segments in the, to to stations, and there um, there we grant them the right to run them an unlimited number of times over basically a two year period. So the stations schedule them uh, all differently. In New York, we're on Saturday mornings, and um, God, I guess in Chicago, we're on Sunday afternoons, and so forth. So um, they have to check with they have to check the listings of their local PBS station to see uh, when Healing Quest is being aired. We're on stations that cover about two between 65 and 70 percent of all U.S. TV households, but uh, that leaves another 30 percent where we're not on. So. If uh, your listeners um, check there and or call their local station and they go, well, we don't hear that show, then then uh, then it'd be great if your listeners said to that station, we'd really appreciate it if you would hear that show because it has unique information not available anyplace else. It's on all these other stations, all these other cities. We need it on here in our town. Um, just one phone call requesting it won't do it. But a series, a steady series of phone calls over uh, a multi-week period um, will, I think, um, uh, let's just see, heighten, raise the consciousness of the programmer in that area uh, and, uh, and, and help uh, bring Healing Quest to those uh, stations 
which are not now uh, scheduling it. So it's a matter of bringing it to their attention in a respectful, positive, but persistent way. As I say, you know, um, the, 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 the tendency of most programmers when somebody calls us, you know, I, I know about this show and I'd really like to have it on the air, is, that, is for them to say, well, uh, my schedule's all full. Well, of course it's all full, you know, and they schedule two or three months in advance. But what is it full of? Um, and this is, I think, a topic, um, you know, optimum health, natural approaches to wellness that is, that is not being covered, at least in the PBS world, uh, on a weekly basis by anybody. So it's unique information. And um, so, yeah, their programmer may need to hear multiple times from multiple people. He really would like you to put this on. And if you put it on, um, I think it's a way. It's a magnet for new viewers, and 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 especially if the callers say, and many of my friends feel the same way that if this show, Healing Quest, was on this station, we'd all watch it. Um, those are powerful things to say to local PBS stations. So, check with your local station. It's a long way of saying check with your local station. Hopefully, it'll be on. And if it's not, uh, we'd love your help. And by the way, if anybody. Um, would like our uh, guidance as to who to call and what to say in their individual town, uh, feel free to uh, send us an email. Uh, I guess the e easiest way is Facebook. Is that right, my dear? What? Uh, somebody out there wants to know how they they can't find Healing Quest in their market and they'd like to know who to call and what to say. Right. So just go to our Facebook? website and they can click through to contact us. Yeah. 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 And we'll get And we'll help you. And before you go, just give us once again the address for your website. www.healingquest.tv. Not .com, but .tv. Yeah, healingquest.tv is in television. Well, thank you so much, Judy and Roy. Great to have you on the show. And now for the desserts, how to live appropriately in the upcoming week. The fourth annual Pampered Chef fundraiser is currently happening. You can purchase high-quality stoneware and other Pampered Chef items to support the Farm to Consumer Legal Defense Fund. To start shopping, go to the website farmtoconsumer.org and click on the icon for the Pampered Chef fundraiser on the right-hand corner. Also, the FDA has proposed 1,200 pages of rules for farmers and food processors, regulating every aspect of their practices. 270 organizations and farms are asking the FDA to extend the deadline for public comments but the FDA has yet to respond. You can submit a comment to the FDA by going to the Farm and Ranch Freedom Alliance's website at farmandranchfreedom.org and clicking on the Action Alert article on the lower left-hand corner. And finally, Green Drinks will be holding its sixth annual Earth Night in celebration of Earth Day this Thursday at the G2 Gallery in Venice. Get some sustainable drinks from Green Earth Radio's own Michelle Green Queen Carroll plus some real snacks to go with your drinks. And I'll be at the event to talk nutrient-dense foods with anyone who's interested. For more information, visit the website at lagreendrinks.org. That's all for this week of The Appropriate Omnivore. My guest next week is Paul Grieve of the farm Primal Pastures. For more information on my guests, my news stories, and my recommendations, check out my website at appropriateomnivore.com. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.